Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Lila Skiles, come on up here. Lila Skiles, Miss Prom Queen. Yeah. Adam Arthur, come on up here. I heard he was Mr. GQ, Landon, GQ, Landon McKayhe, Sarah, are you, are you here, Sarah, and Galki, Ethan Rogers, and Avery Hamrick is in Scott and White Hospital undergoing treatment, and we need to really pray for Avery. She's not going to get to go through graduation because she's going to be in the hospital. But we really need to pray. As we pray for these, we want you to pray for them. I'm going to invite the elders and also the youth and youth workers, Amanda and youth workers. Amanda, come on up here. You've got a gift for these guys, I know. If you would, stretch your hands out toward these and as we pray for them, we're just going to invite you to join, to agree with us. Lord, we present to you these young adults who are stepping into the next phase of their journey. You've been so faithful to them. I ask you to reveal yourself afresh to them like you've never done before. Guide them with your eye and let them hear your voice with such clarity. Open doors that no man can shut and shut doors of the enemy That the enemy means to divert their attentions. Lord, move on them in the places you have destined for them. And move them into those quickly. Keep them in perfect peace as they trust in you. And I speak this blessing over each of you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And Father, we lift up Avery to you and we speak healing and health in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give another round of applause, please. Good morning. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. If you're a guest, welcome. If you didn't get one of the gift sacks with uh, just a gift and some more information about New Covenant on your way in, please feel free to pick one up on the way out. We'd love for you to have one of those. Uh, before we get into the, the message this morning, uh, I had a quick announcement. It's not a new one. I don't know. I lost him after I came. Where's Dr. Bot? Oh, there he is. Uh, there's one of the, one of the family. Um, we didn't beat the newspaper announcement, so I'm sure most of you have, have read that Dr. Bot, uh, Kevin Bot, and his wife, Jen, and their uh, children, Caleb and Emily, Jonathan and Noah, uh, are going to be moving to Santa Fe. Uh, they've been part of the New Covenant family and part of the Lampasas family for many years now. Kevin is also one of our elders. Uh, He's dear friends and his whole family is dear friends of so many of us here. Um, But uh, he has been selected as a a lone finalist, which is basically he's been hired as as the new superintendent of a school in Santa Fe or the school district in Santa Fe, Texas. Um, And we're going to have – we'll – have a more scheduled time where we'll uh, do basically what we did with the youth here a minute ago. We're going to pray over them and send them off. But I did want to just give a heads up in case you didn't see in the newspaper or weren't aware uh, so that over the next few weeks and months, if you see them here in the congregation, you can uh, be praying for them and talk to them and wish them well. But we know that God has his hand on them. Well, if you are going uh, to follow along in your own Bible this morning, uh, turn to Daniel chapter 6. 
and we're going to get there in just a moment. Before we get into the message this morning, I wanted to start out, um, no one came to me after last week's message with any any complaints or questions, but it was one of those messages that I walked away thinking, man, there's so many different ways that could have been taken, or that you could take one thing that I said and take it out of context. And uh, this morning's message is, is going to be no different, um, and probably next week's as well, as we're talking about waiting on, on God and hearing his voice. Um, the theologian Dallas Willard had a statement that I think describes one of the frustrations uh, we as pastors deal with, and he said this, I don't have time to tell you what I don't mean. So <laughs> we, we, can, we can share a message, but most of the time they're so specific and so uh, direct at one area, it doesn't answer all the questions, and there can be whole, you know, Questions will come into your mind, and what about this passage, and what about this passage, and what does this say? And, and when you talk about waiting on God or going before him and praying, uh, some of the passages that just came to my mind as we were worshiping in the first service uh, was the Apostle Paul. When, when he prayed to God and he had a thorn in his flesh, and it says that he prayed to God three times for that thorn to be removed. And if you've read that account, you know that God's answer was, deal with it. <laughs> My grace is sufficient. I'm not going to take it away. So Paul went consistently and over and over and over again three times. And God said, I'm not going to take it away. That's your answer, Paul. My grace is going to be sufficient in that trial. And then there's a passage of, of a woman that Jesus shares an account that, that uh, a widow who is seeking justice goes to a judge and she goes and she asks and she asks and she asks and it says that the judge is an unjust judge. He's not a righteous man, but he answers her request because he just wants her to stop bugging him. And, and Jesus says, if, if even an unjust man will hear and listen and respond, how much more your Father in heaven well, if you take each one of those by themselves, one, well, he asked and asked, he got told no. But here he says, if you ask and ask, you'll get a yes. Well, which one is it? Yes. <laughs> it depends on the situation. It depends on the scenario and what's going on. It depends on what God is doing in your life and the lives around you. And so the, the focus of this series is waiting on God and listening. And there's times that you can wait and you can listen and you cannot hear a word. And there's times that you can wait and you can listen and it seems like the heavens are opening and God is just pouring out words. And as human beings, we just want facts. We want a process. A, B, C. If we do those three, we will get D. God doesn't work that way. You know, we know every time Jesus healed someone, he did it different. He didn't say the same thing. He didn't do the same thing. And the reason is God knows if he does it that way, we're going to do it the same way, that say the same thing, do the same process every single time. And God's process is that he wants a relationship with you. And he knows the moment that he gives you a process, you'll walk away from the relationship. So he says, I'm going to wait for you if you'll wait with me, and it's going to look different. So this process that we're talking about, it's, it's just a different way. Uh, and what I, what I hope that we get out of this series is that it, it's an encouragement 
for us to approach God with a different set of expectations when we come before Him in prayer and come before Him with a different uh, condition of our heart? Does it mean this is the way that you should always come and that we should just wait and not make a request? No. Because sometimes you're supposed to ask and keep asking. Sometimes you're supposed to ask until He says stop. Sometimes you wait and wait and wait and wait. And I feel like where we are right now is that that God is saying there's so many distractions, there's so many things going on around us. We need to wait and be quiet and listen. And so, again, it's not that I'm saying never do those other things. Again, I just feel like God is saying this is another way that at times we're going to wait on him and it's going to be quiet and and he's speaking something that we need to hear. But unless we quiet our, our hearts, if we quiet our minds, if we shut off all the other distractions, if we don't do that, we're not going to hear his voice. Last week we looked at Psalm 130 verse 5 and it says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word I hope. There's really nothing that can speak to us like a word for us individually from God. When you've heard God's voice for yourself, even if it's one single word, it changes everything. I spoke to someone after the first service and they, they said that something that God had been speaking to them since this morning and they heard again uh, in the service, this, in the first service. And the comment that he made was it was very simple. It wasn't profound. And I said, yeah, but it was him speaking to you, so it was profound. And he was like, yeah, you're right. It meant something to him because God was giving him that word. It doesn't have to be complex or new revelation, a very, a very simple yes or no that you hear clearly from God could, could open your whole world when you know what, that's an, what question that's answering. I was also reminded this week, I shared last week the, the passage of First Samuel uh, chapter one or chapter three, verse ten, where uh, this the young child Samuel is hearing a voice and his name's being called out, and he goes uh, to Eli three times and he says, "You know, you keep calling me. What do you want?" And Eli keeps sending him back to bed, and, and finally he realizes, "Oh, God's talking to him," and he tells him, "The next time he speaks, say, uh, God, your servant's listening.'" And that's what Samuel does, and God uh, starts speak, speaking to Samuel. And Samuel is one of the most well-known prophets in the, in the Old Testament. But what, what came to mind this week as I thought about that story again is that God was speaking to a boy. And kids, every kid in here, uh, if, if you pay attention to one thing, this whole message, I want you to know that you're not too young to hear the voice of God. God is speaking to you. He spoke to Samuel as a young boy. He spoke to David when he was in the flocks tending his father's sheep. And uh, when he killed the lion and the bear, he was still a young man. And no one is too young or too old to hear the voice of God. If we listen, if we wait on Him, we will hear His voice. We're going to start out, and this morning we're going to look at uh, three different aspects or accounts this morning. One is a prophet, one is a leper, and one is the Son of God. And they all had different experiences in waiting on God and waiting on an answer to prayer. And as I said earlier, my hope this morning in in this message and in this series is that at minimum we come maybe with a new way to approach God in prayer, to go in it with a new expectation 
or a different expectation and to come with an open heart for whatever God has to give. We're going to start with the account of Daniel. And if you already turned to chapter 6, you can follow along. If not, it'll be on the screen starting in verse 1. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So the king had put 120 people, 120 men over his whole kingdom, and, and we know just historically at the time, this was the largest kingdom on the face of the earth at that time. And so he broke those 120 men uh, up into three groups of 40, and he put a higher official of, over them, and Daniel was one of those men. And he was doing his job so well, the king was going to put him over everybody. Verse 4 says, Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. They were jealous. But they could not find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. And then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So pretty straightforward. They wanted to take Daniel down, but they couldn't find anything on him. And literally the only flaw they could find is that he faithfully served God. Verse 6, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to the king, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document, and the injunction. So they convinced the king to sign this law that for 30 days no one uh, could pray to any god or make any request of any man outside of King Darius. And otherwise they'd be thrown into the lion's den. And then verse 10, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. So after he knew it had been signed, Daniel does exactly like he'd always done before. And the thing that stands out to me in this passage, we all know uh, that most of the time I think that when we hear this story or we look at this account, it seems like the, the focus is usually on the fact that uh, God delivers Daniel. He, he prays, he gets caught, he's thrown into the lion's den, but, but God sends an angel and, and closes the mouths of the lions and he, he is delivered. And even his accusers and their families get thrown into the lion's den and the mouths are opened. And so he even gets justice against the, the people that came and tried uh, to, to get him. But that's not our focus this morning. The thing that I want to focus on this morning is the fact that Daniel took time three times a day to pray. I think one of the things, and you may be smarter than I am, um, but one of the things that I have thought 
in when I look back, uh, not even just at, at something as far back as biblical times, but even just you know a few hundred years ago when things seemed to be simpler, when there was less technology, where there was less distractions, where you didn't have a phone with you every you know moment of every day. Um, and so the thought that I had was, I think Daniel had more time on his hands. <laughs> you know, he probably had an easier life, less distractions, less going on. Um, and when the truth is, we, even in our distracted state, we have more leisure time than anyone has ever had in the history of the world. We just waste a lot of time, if we're honest. You know, um, And so Daniel... Uh, well, and anybody back then, the majority of their time, more than 40 hours a week, was spent just getting clothes, food, and shelter. Like, that was probably 90-plus percent of your entire life, because it took so long to do every task. Everything was by hand. There was no tractors and gas and, you know, all the inventions and things that, that we've just grown so accustomed to. So, not only did he have all of those things and everything being done manual, he was one of three men overseeing the largest kingdom on the face of the earth. He didn't have Zoom calls. He couldn't send an email out to all the guys at once. And not only could he not lead with all of the, the, the new technologies that we have that makes leading so much easier, Daniel did it the best. He was so much better and doing it, doing the job so much better than his peers that the king was going to make him over everybody, only under himself. And that's what made the other guys jealous. That's when the whole plan started being developed. And Daniel did this by taking three times a day to go before God and wait and to spend time in his presence and pray. And we want to say, well, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I've got too much on my plate. Well, I guarantee none of us have more on our plate than Daniel did. But the reason that he did it is because he realized it was so important. It says there was a Spirit on him. It was the Spirit of God because he spent time with God. And God gave him wisdom and understanding and words to do what he did. But he took time. And in that time, he realized that there was no way that he could live without that time. And I look at this story and, you know, we're real pragmatic. I look at that and think, well, you know, the edict was only 30 days. He had a couple options. He could have just said, well, God, you know I still love you. It's only going to be 30 days. We'll pick up where we left off. He could have also just said, you know, I mean, you know, maybe God never specifically told him he had to pray in front of his window facing Jerusalem. Maybe if I just close the door and shut the blinds and pray quietly in my corner, nobody will know. God will still hear my prayers. There's no reason it needs to be public. But Daniel, not knowing that God was going to deliver him from the lion's den, after he saw the edict signed, did what he has always done because he said, if I'm going to live, there's no way that I can live apart from my relationship with you. 
and I'm still going to go just like I've always gone. And, and just like we know with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace, they said, I know my God is able to save us, but if He doesn't, we still won't bow down. And Daniel was saying in his heart, I know you can deliver me, but if you don't, I'm going to be not delivered serving you. And the Word tells us that that every authority is set in place by God. And that's true for one reason or another. And we don't understand some of the leadership that he puts in place. But he put King Darius in place. And King Darius made this law. But Daniel said, that law violates my faith and God's law trumps your law. Now, did he run away? Did he try to fight? Did he, did he not accept the consequences? No. He said, I'm going to follow God and I'll take whatever consequence comes along with that. And when man or any leader or authority puts anything in front of you or tries to require something from you, that violates what God has told you to do. Our responsibility, regardless of the circumstance, is to do what God called us to do. And then submit to the consequences and know that if it's God's will, He'll deliver us. And if not, so be it. I'm going to do what God called me to do. And so Daniel, we know, was faithful. There's another passage just uh, on Daniel, just a few chapters over. If you flipped over to chapter 10, it's another account where Daniel was praying. And Daniel was waiting on the Lord and he was burdened and mourning. And starting in verse 2, it says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning, crying out, heartbroken. For three weeks I ate no delicacies, No meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. And on the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river that is the Tigris. And I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist was standing there. And so Daniel had been praying and mourning for three weeks and had heard nothing. And we know that he, at minimum, was praying three times a day. And we know that Daniel heard God over and over and over. He's one of the most prolific prophets in the Old Testament. Most of, or many of the prophecies that he received are on the end times. Things that still haven't happened yet. But God gave him those visions and those words. And we know that he had to speak those things to him during the times of waiting. But in this case, we know that he was praying and fasting and mourning for 21 straight days and heard nothing. He didn't hear the voice of God. He didn't get an answer, but he waited. And on day two, when he didn't hear anything, he waited. And on day seven, when he still didn't hear anything, he waited. And on day 14, he waited. And 19, and 20, and 21. And on day 21, verse 12 says, Then he, the angel, said to me, Fear not, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to me 
and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. There was literally spiritual warfare going on in the heavenlies that Daniel didn't know about. But Daniel prayed and he mourned and he fasted for 21 days straight, waiting on the Lord. And he waited and he waited. And it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible where the angel says, from the first day I was sent. From the moment you started praying, God heard you. He hears your prayer. He hears your cry. But just because you haven't seen the answer or received the answer that you were expecting or it come in the time frame that you expected, don't stop waiting. Don't stop being faithful. And in this case, God literally answered immediately. The angel said, from the moment that you prayed, God heard you and I was sent. But for 21 days, we were in a spiritual battle in the heavens. And today I made it to you. But Daniel waited, faithfully waited until he received that answer. So when you wait on the Lord and you don't hear something, wait some more. And this is what I was talking about. There, there's no simple strategy. There's no one way. There's no three prayers and you get it or three prayers and you don't. Or if you keep on asking, you're guaranteed to get it. God says, if you wait on me, your strength will be renewed. If you wait on me, I will be with you. If you wait on me, you'll find me. Jesus said everybody that comes looking for him is going to find him. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But we have to come to him and we have to wait on him. I want to encourage you to patiently wait even when it seems like God is quiet and remove the distractions. Don't stop praying. Do something drastic. Turn off your cell phone. If you're in the car, turn off the radio. Turn off the TV if you're at home. Get in a quiet place and wait and listen. I usually take quiet time and, and pray in the mornings, um, but as I'm, as I'm going through this, I'm trying to set more times of just really trying to have a time of, of silence. Sometimes I listen to worship music and I pray, and, and there, you know, again, there's not a set way. We do things different, but as I've been going through this, I've been trying to just have a time of true quiet where I can just listen, and I was in my office this week, and and. It's amazing. It's kind of the opposite of the example I gave last week. I I told you about how we can physically have, you know, in my example, it's my wife uh, who can be in the same room physically speaking, and I don't hear a word she says. And that's not a good thing, guys, and I'm sure most of y'all can relate. It's not a good thing. Um, And then at some point I, you know, realize, oh, she's speaking, and she's speaking to me. And the point was that, that we think we're listening to God and he may be speaking, but we don't hear him. But this, this was kind of the opposite of that. This is when you really start trying to listen, you'll be amazed at the amount of distractions you're surrounded with. Even in my office alone, when I try to wait and be quiet, the phone rings. I'm like, okay, turn off the ringer. 
An email comes in, ding, you know, okay, turn off the computer. My cell phone's going off, text come in, okay, turn that off, turn my watch off. So as I took out a distraction, a lower level distraction that I didn't even know was there would come out. And so I was just taking out distraction after distraction. And finally, I was like, okay, it's all, it's quiet. And I'm just listening. And then I hear click, 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 click. It's a second hand on the clock <laughs> in my office. And I, I, can't, and I could not concentrate. I was like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. So I take the battery out of the clock. And then it was quiet. And I had a moment that I could actually listen. And, and I, I just showed you, I mean, you all know I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher. I can talk. And I, most of the time I don't shut up. Ask, <laughs> ask my family. But so then I started doing what I said don't do. I started praying or asking, you know, like, okay, God, now that we're, it's just you and me. Let's talk. And I'm, I'm going to do all the talking. And, and I caught myself pretty quick, thankfully. And it wasn't a bad prayer. I was saying, God, open my ears to hear your voice. Open my heart to receive what you have. Open my eyes to see. And I've shared with you, this is a prayer I've prayed. It's kind of one of those that I've been knocking and knocking and knocking. And I, be- I still believe that God is going to answer this prayer, not just for me, but for the body of Christ, that we're going to see a revelation of his word and his voice like the body has never seen before. And the time will come, but it's obviously not time yet. So guess what? We're waiting. But I still caught myself and I'm like, God, I'm, I'm getting quiet and I'm sitting before you and the first thing that I'm saying is here's what I want and how I want it and I'd like it right now. And so I, I was like, golly, I'm doing it, doing it again. It's like, okay, God, I'm going to shut up. If you want to say something, say something. Whatever you want to say. If you don't have anything to say, I'm just going to sit here and be with you. I'm going to sit quietly in your presence. You can strengthen me. You can give me whatever. Or I can sit here and I may feel like nothing happened. And you didn't say anything. Or I missed it. Or I didn't hear whatever. But I'm going to come and I'm going to wait. Like Daniel waited three times a day. This is just one time in this day that I'm going to wait on you. And if you have something great, if not, I'm just going to enjoy the time that we spent together. And that's where I was saying if we can just come with a different expectation and a different heart and say just being in his presence is enough. That's good. If he doesn't say anything, maybe he's already answered my prayer and it's 21 years, not 21 days in the struggle but it's coming. It's on His way. He's said it. It's going to be done. But in the meantime, we have to wait. The thought of the different expectations, like I said, came into my mind. And um, this story came to, or account came to my mind. It's an account of the leper. And I mentioned we were going to look at a leper too. There's three, three places in the, in the Bible, both Matthew, Mark, and Luke all reference this story. And we're going to look in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. It'll be on the screen. But this leper, it says, Behold, a leper came to him, and he came to Jesus, and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. 
And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. The leper didn't say, heal me, or even please heal me. He just said, Lord, if you're willing, if it's your will, I know you can make me clean. And Jesus said, it is my will. Be clean. And he was healed. And my heart and my prayer and my request is to come with a request for his will. Jesus said when we pray, to pray that for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. And if God doesn't tell us what that will is, we don't know what to pray. The Word even tells us that the Holy Spirit, through groans and utterances, can pray what we don't know what to pray. So God can pray those prayers through us if we don't even know the words when we cry out to him. Just coming to him to be in his presence getting quiet, saying, I'm here, I'm listening for whatever you have to say, if you have anything to say. You know, I talked about relationships changing over time. You know, there's times where it's good to just be with your wife in her presence with no conversation, just being together. And there's times when one talks more than the other. In our case, it's, it's usually me. But there's some times that I, I listen and she talks. But that's why it's so unique. It's a relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. God himself, his desire is to have a relationship with you. But we have to come and let him do his part by waiting on him and listening. You know, we say something, and I know I say it, that we know God's will is good. But I think it would be better said to say, at least we know that's what we're supposed to believe. Because I do believe that. I personally believe that. But I know it's an assumption for me to say or believe that everybody hearing this word this morning believes that God's will is always good. There's another verse that says he's going to work all things together for good for those who love him and follow him. Again, I believe that. But I know it's a huge assumption to believe that everyone in their current state and their current circumstances can wrap their mind around that because the circumstances don't look like anything's good. How could this be good? How could it not be God's will to heal? To heal all of us. To heal my wife. To heal my daughter. To heal my son. To heal my parents. To heal uh, my friend's kid. How could that not be His will every single time? We can't comprehend it. We don't understand it. And we think that every single time the encounter should be, Lord, if You're willing, make me clean. And Jesus would 100% of the time say, I'm willing, be clean. Wouldn't that be nice and neat? It would answer so many people's questions. You know, if God really was a loving God, why would He let this happen? We don't get the answers to those questions. And it's frustrating. But we need to be open to His will, whatever it may be, as hard as it may be. And when His will doesn't line up with ours, we need to do our best to accept it. Or at minimum, give Him some time. Wait. 
and listen. And if you don't hear anything, wait some more. Because you just may not be hearing it, or it may just not be time, but wait and trust Him. Spend some more time with Him and in His presence and let Him give you a word for that exact moment, for the exact scenario that you're in, for the circumstance that you're in today. Wait. And we're going to look at one more biblical account that I hope will shed some more light on this and at least maybe give us some grace for God. Because He has plenty of grace and mercy for us. The fact is, that we don't always get what we want. And neither did the Son of God. There's multiple accounts that He didn't get what He wanted. And we're going to look at one in Matthew 23, verse 37. Jesus is crying out. And He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus' prayer, Jesus' heart cry, and the Word tells us that everything that Jesus did and everything that He said was the will of the Father. So we know that the heart of the Father, the cry of God the Father's heart was that everyone would come under His wings. That they would come to Him. But He says, you were not willing. And we could reword this like the passage that we just read in Matthew 8. The, the leper says, Lord, I know if you're willing, you'll make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. Be clean. If we reword this passage, we can say Jesus came to the children of Israel and the Father came to the children of Israel and Jesus and the Father came to the whole world and said, if you're willing, come to Me and I'll give you life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you're willing, come to Me. And our response was, we're not willing. No. And it sounds crazy, but that's exactly what happened. And He was crucified because of our unwillingness to receive Him for who He was and to receive the love that He had to give. And we see Jesus uttering a cry of helplessness. And we would say, how can the Son of God be helpless? Because He's unwilling to force someone to love Him. It was an astonishing, if only, from the lips of the Son of God. He would not force Himself on those who were not willing. God will never force Himself on us. He has refused to from the very beginning of creation, and He continues to refuse to do so today. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to quiet ourselves. He's waiting for us to remove all the distractions. He's saying, I'm willing. Are you? This is the price of freedom. This is the price of free will. This is the price of love. 
How many of us have loved someone that didn't love us back? I've spoken to many people who it was even their own children. They love them to death, but the child has rejected them. And there's no way you can force love. You know, they could have tied Daniel down to his bed and physically kept him from going to his window to pray. There were things they could have done to restrain him or put him in a prison cell, but there's nothing they could do to get to his heart, to make his heart stop following God, to make his heart stop doing what he was called to do. You could, you know, the the Jews then believed uh, and still believe today in unclean food. There's things they won't eat. You could take someone who refuses to eat something and just force it into their throat. And there's nothing they could do to refuse that force. But God would know their heart. They didn't violate God's will. They were just abused by someone with power. And that's the way of the enemy. And God refuses, refuses to force us to do anything. He says, I'll wait. I'll wait for you to wait for me. But it's got to be your own free will. He wants real love. He wants your real heart, your whole heart. And he's so patient, he's still waiting. And he'll keep waiting till the day that we decide to come and meet him and give it to him. Before we close in prayer this morning, I want us to take a moment to practice. To be quiet and listen. It's, it's going to probably be really uncomfortable because we're not used to it. We're not used to silence. But we're just going to wait. And I want you to just be quiet and listen and expect a word. Expect God to speak something to you for your life today and what you're walking through today. And expect it to be a word of hope and life and truth. Just bow your head, close your eyes, and we're going to be quiet.
keeping your eyes closed and your heads bowed. If you heard even one word that you feel like God was speaking to you, will you raise your hand? Everybody's eyes are closed. Everybody's heads are down. Thank you. You can put them down. There was a lot of hands. And don't don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you did something wrong if you didn't hear anything. Honestly, I didn't in this service just now. I did in the first, though. There was a there was a baby that was just cooing the whole time, and, and I just felt like God said that there's your future. I'm still speaking, and these children are going to hear me. My people are going to hear me. And every word that I've said, every promise that I've made is yes and amen. He's still seated on his throne. He's going to do what he said. But like I said just now, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. It was just a time of quiet, and that was okay. Wait some more. Jehovah Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. I thank you that you are speaking. Father, I pray that you reveal to each and every one of us times. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be the same time or the same moment or three times. Lord, whatever you lay on our heart, Father, but that we would set aside some point, some time in our day to be quiet before you and to listen for whatever, if anything, you have to say. Father, I thank you that you're speaking not just to this body or in Lampasas and at work here, but throughout the whole body of Christ, throughout the whole world. Lord, you are at work. We trust you. Lord, I do believe you're doing a work and it's good and that everything is going to work out together for good. Lord, I pray that those who are in a place right now that can't see that, that they'd hear an encouraging word from your Holy Spirit. Father, we give you all glory and all honor and all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't it interesting how uncomfortable that can be? And how right now unnatural that seems to be? You know, you might have to think pretty hard when the last time you had... I don't, I don't, I didn't look at my watch, I don't know. May have been two minutes, may have been 45 seconds, I don't know. But it sure seemed like a long time, didn't it? But one of the reasons for that is because we don't have even a moment most of the time without some sort of distraction. I just encourage you every day to try to, to purpose, set aside a time to wait before God and listen. The good thing about waiting is you never wait alone. He is with you. Let me give you a couple of announcements and a, a challenge to you for a second. Uh, baccalaureate for you seniors tonight at 6 o'clock at First Baptist Church. Uh, and uh, your families, you're invited. So let me invite you there. Next Saturday... We're going to be have a celebration of life, a memorial service for Ronnie Alexander next Saturday at 1 p.m. here at New Covenant. There is out on the table, there's a, a complete athlete program flyer. 
This is for children ages 8 through 14. Juliana Duamina is going to be doing that. It's for your kids. It's not just about, it's not just about physical. It's also about spiritual. So this summer, have your kids get involved in this. There's a program out there that has the dates and those things on it. June the 6th, mark your calendar, June the 6th, we're going to celebrate what God has given us in NCC West. So after the second service on June 6th, we're going to be having lunch together at the new building. And so mark your calendars. Every week we have a host of volunteers who serve you and New Covenant. And we're so thankful for them. And we're going to be having a volunteer appreciation party on Saturday, June 19th from 2.30 to 5 at Camp Triumph. It's behind Christian House of Prayer over in Coppers Cove. And this is going to be for all who volunteer in any capacity in serving NCC. Your immediate family and you, we want you to come. And more information will be coming, but I wanted you to have a heads up June 19th, 2.30 to 5. And speaking of volunteers, we have an opportunity for you in our early childhood ministry, which is birth through kindergarten. We're growing. For the last few weeks, we've almost ran 300 in both services. In other words, we're growing. Our numbers are growing. They've increased. And we need you. Uh, It's just during the second service only. It's not just babysitting. We believe it's a vital ministry of New Covenant Church because our vision for the early childhood is to present Jesus at an age-appropriate level where we're raising up participants in the kingdom. We want our little ones not just to learn about Jesus, but to learn how to pray, how to worship, and even how to pray for one another and touch others in powerful ways. We believe that the children's prayer may be more powerful than yours. And so Jesus said, for such is the kingdom of God. And so Tammy Self is doing an incredible job of developing a curriculum that's fun and faith-filled, and she's ready to plug you in to the rotation. Our goal is that each volunteer would only serve once a month. And so we're looking for at least four additional adults, and we can also use youth helpers if you're sixth grade and up. There's a sign-up sheet out on the table in the foyer, or you can just get in touch with Tammy. She would love to share with you how you can change the lives of children. But also, let me say this. You say, well, I can't do that. Would you pray that God would fill those spots? Just ask the Lord, Lord, fill those spots. And if it's me, I'll sign up. Right? I changed your prayer on you, didn't I? All right. Aren't you glad God hears our prayer from the first word? Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. Thank you for this people. Lord, I pray for our seniors. Lord, I pray specifically for Avery and her mom. Both of them are going to be having procedures this week. And so, Lord, we're praying for your healing touch and your divine care. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message.